Clayton. John Clayton. Enough! I'm done with my segment! This is the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts with John Clayton. Brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. Time to talk some football with the professor, John Clayton, as we do every day at this time with Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle. If you guys have questions for John, all you need to do is text him in. 421-3776. That's 421-ESPN. We'll try to get to as many of your questions as we can before we let him go. Hello, John. Hello. Welcome to Black Tuesday. Black Tuesday, indeed. <clears throat> hey, before we get into the yeah. uh, coaching moves that have been made and all of that, one thing we didn't get a chance to hit with you yesterday that I completely spaced on, and I cannot wait to see tomorrow's episode of Hard Knocks. Mm-hmm. The Colts, John. Oh, the Colts, what the heck happened? I mean, they were such a great – I feel like I became a de facto fan just kind of watching that yeah, show yeah, and yeah. becoming invested in the team. You, you, I found myself pulling for them, and then they lose. The Raiders are a good team. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you lost the Raiders. They lose to <clears> Jacksonville, John. And they just melted down. Oh, I'm and just, Carson Wentz played – oh, what happened? Uh, a total meltdown. I mean, and the owner's mad. I mean, Jim Ursay met for several hours, three hours at least, with uh, Frank Reich and the general manager, Chris Ballard, and he wasn't very happy, and he says, change must happen. Now, obviously, they're not going to change Ballard or Frank Reich, but, yeah, it was bad. I wonder what the complaints were there. Like, you know, what – I don't know. It just seemed like such a solid team. I mean, yeah. great running back, obviously – is that maybe the best offensive line in the NFL? Well, say? yeah, but they're not playing that way because they've had injuries, COVID-19. You know, uh, Nelson has not had as good of a season because he's been hurt most of the year. So uh, Eric Fisher's been in and out of the lineup, the rough tackle they picked up from Kansas City. So, I mean, Well, and then their center had that tragedy. Right, um, Ryan Kelly. Ryan Kelly, yeah. yeah and then they got the maniac on defense. I mean, they got a lot of good yeah. players. They got, what, seven pro bowlers? Was seven pro year? bowlers, right, right. Yeah, just, boy, what a bummer. That's just, it's weird. And is this is this kind of a black mark on Carson Wentz? Does this speak to his, his clutch ability and things like that? Or what, well, how, does, uh, how does he come out of this? Uh, shaky, because I know that, uh, you know, yeah, at the press conferences after with Ballard and uh, with Frank Reich, it's like they didn't say didn't give him the greatest endorsement. I mean, they didn't rip him or anything like that, but they didn't guarantee that he's going to be back. Hmm. Hey, uh, John, uh, did you happen to watch the national championship game last night? Yes. Yeah, that was uh, it. Was amazing what happened at the end there. They just mm-hmm. poured it on. But, but it, uh, wasn't it boring? I was bored. Yeah, it was nine to six for a while. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but um, pretty amazing. If you look at you look at the talent, I was telling Bob, I feel like there's so much talent on the field that's NFL caliber. Yeah. That the that the guys who aren't, you can really notice it. You know, but man, there. I think somebody told me one of the scouts said that uh, they have like. 16 or 18 guys that they're looking at on the Alabama roster. Mm-hmm. It's pretty unbelievable. It's normal, which is normal. And they always have yeah. the best receivers coming into the draft. I don't know if, uh, I mean, they may not be this year because they may have to wait a year or two to be draft eligible and all that stuff. I know in the case of Georgia, uh, scouts are saying that their front seven on defense, uh, they're all draftable. Yeah. Front well, seven. And sounds like it's not going to change. I heard something about how. Um, the I think it was the SEC had I don't know what it was it was like twenty mm-hmm. it was like twenty five star recruits and there was not a single five star recruit in the Pac ten or twelve I should say right uh, something like that so it sounds like that's just gonna 
continue. I, I think I feel like the popularity that's coming back in college football is kind of focused in the ACC, SEC, Big Ten. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, that's where the big money is and all those things. And, I mean, certainly you can say uh, the big sponsors and everything else, and particularly now with players able to get sponsorships and money. I mean, it's like I think it's only going to grow, and it's going to continue to create this disparity as far as, you know, who's great and who's not. I mean, you see basically the same teams just about every year in Georgia and, you know, Georgia Clemson. Uh, Oklahoma for a while, Alabama. I mean, they're all they're all in that top four, and it's uh, it, it doesn't change much. Hey, John, did you see the story about Mike Tomlin saying, you know, the, the nation is the football nation yeah. anyway, watching the Chargers and Raiders on the edge of their seat. What's going to happen? Are they going to tie and the Steelers are going to be out? And he was asked if he watched the game. He said, I dozed off. Yeah, I know. He's, I mean, that's it's so cool. He goes, I knew I had a workday waiting on me, or I assumed that I had a workday waiting on yeah. me. And I, I think at one point the Raiders were up by 15, and that number made you feel somewhat comfortable. I'm probably better off having not watched it. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, the fact that uh, they knew if there was going to be a tie, it was going to knock them out of the playoffs. And here it was, you know, 38 seconds left in the game. And, uh, you know, at that point, the game was still tied and they were at the 40 yard line. And so what the what the Raiders ended up doing is that, uh, you know, they were deciding that, uh, hey, let's just take the tie and let both teams go in. And then, you know, a bad mistake by, uh, you know, Brendan Staley, you know, coming in and taking the time out, giving him a chance to regroup and then make a play and get, you know, the 10 yards and get the game winning field goal. Hey, speaking of uh, of Tomlin, any news on uh, on Keith Butler, their D coordinator? Because I think he was home last week. Yeah, he had he had COVID nineteen. Yeah, so um, you would figure he has a good chance to be back this week. Yeah, I just wonder if you'd heard. heard no, any nothing news. news. No. Yeah. Hey, um, what are the big stories today, John? What's uh, Joe what Judge? Was, yeah. Joe Judge yeah, getting fired a couple hours ago. Right? Yeah, Joe Judge getting fired with the New York Giants, and so now there's seven job openings, which is the normal. I mean, last year there was seven, you know, since, uh, you know, free agency started in 92, it's usually averaged out six or seven. And so once again, you know, we're up to seven. And, uh, you know, obviously Brian Flores was the surprise. I mean, Joe Judge was a surprise just lasting an extra day as bad as he's been. I mean, 10 and 23 and just a terrible job as a head coach. And so it's like, uh, no, but uh, yeah, that uh, the big story today was Joe Judge. Yeah, surprising because he said, you know, so many players were coming into his office every week talking how they wanted to stay there and players calling him saying they wish they never left. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's weird. That he got uh, fired. You, you think there's I guess a the owner didn't say that. <laughs> no, I mean, do you get the feeling that uh, maybe he might have exaggerated that a little bit? Yeah, I think we suspected that as, yeah, as we were yeah, reading yeah. those comments. But what, so where, where does a guy like Joe Judge end up? Is he a coordinator on another staff or what, what do you see in his future? Well, he's a special teams coach. I mean, so it's like, uh, you know, he's not going to be advancing to be offensive or defensive coordinator. So I would imagine that uh, he just becomes a, a, def- a special teams coach, maybe back with the Patriots or maybe Houston will take him on, uh, adding him to the staff. But, uh, you know, I, I, I definitely I definitely don't. I mean, and again, it's like there's some talk in Jacksonville that they may hire Bill O'Brien. So maybe he'll bring him down as a special teams coach down in Jacksonville. So I think right now the only thing he can hope for now again you know he's got money coming to him he's got a guaranteed contract so he doesn't have to coach and you know seeing that he's got a unique different personality he may just sit out a year. Hey John, does every NFL head coach have an agent? 
Do you know? Mm, or yeah, yeah, they do. Pretty much. Yeah. What about what about GMs? M- most I, of them. I, most of them have agents. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I think they all do. Is. Yeah, I was going to say like maybe seventy-five, twenty-five that do and don't. I no, mean, no, I think it's a hundred for for GMs. Yeah. Well, it huh? needs to be because again, it's like uh, the money's getting so big for general managers. You know, yeah. now now you're talking you know four, five, six million dollars, and yep. uh, you know if you have a good agent, then all of a sudden you're getting a six-year guaranteed deal. Yeah. Is it agent still three percent? I think that's what I paid Marvin. Mm, or it, it, it might be different for coaches. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly what it is for coaches, but it might be different. Yeah. Hey, John, it, it's interesting seeing headlines like this one saying, you know, the Cleveland Browns fully expect Baker Mayfield to be their starting quarterback in yeah. 2022. Well, where would he go? They already picked up his option. So right. was was there a thought that they were maybe going to try to trade him or what? It doesn't seem like news to me. No, you're right. I mean, because, again, it's like uh, he's stuck on the team. They're stuck with him. He's stuck with them. And Everybody's stuck. I know exactly. So it's like, uh, so I don't, you know, it's like you have to kind of wait it out and then see maybe if there's trade value. But there's no trade value. Nobody's going to pick up his eighteen million dollars salary. Hey, by the way, don't forget to ask me about the value of what it might be for uh, Rashad Penny. Hey, hey, John, what's the value of Rashad oh, Penny going into it. this offseason? I was going to ask that question, Bob. No, oh, sorry. Well, I'll tell you, I, I, I was just doing some research, and if you look at the free agent list, in the top 100, there's only one running back, and that's Melvin Gordon of the Denver Broncos. And two years ago, he, he as a free agent, he was the highest-paid free agent running back at uh, two years, $16 million, $8 million a year. I looked at his, uh, you know, it looks like his value for this year, and it's going to be less than $6 million. And so then I started breaking down and looking at all the free agent lists, and there's only like about uh, six or seven running backs whose contracts are up as unrestricted free agents. And so, like, for example, in Arizona, I mean, you've got James Conner, and he's right now projected to make 5.9, and you've got Chase Edmonds at 5.2. And so my read on it is that uh, you know, with a great ending to the season, Rashad Penny is probably going to get 5.2 or 5.3, which I think is reasonable. For You think he gets multi-year deal? Or I don't know. Year? I don't know. I mean, again, it's like... I wouldn't it, think it, so. Uh, probably not, but, uh, yep, but I think 5.2... Five point three is right where his value is. Yeah. Hey, by the way, just real quick, two five three with just a comment. And I don't. I forgot to to even. I didn't even think about this. Mm-hmm. But Diggs getting hurt down there in that building. Oh. That's now Earl Cam mm. Sherm, the horrible tie, the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And that that there. building needs to be imploded. Yeah. 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 For the Seahawks. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It has not been a good place, even though they've won all. They've won more games than the Cardinals have in that stadium. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're uh, they're now um, I want to say seven one and one going mm-hmm. back to 2000. Was it 14 or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Un- unfortunately, all those losses of players are outweighing the wins they have. In yeah, games. I agree. Yeah, exactly. They had long due damaging effect. Yeah. Um, Three six zero, John. Wanted to ask about uh, the Rams. Are they having salary cap problems? What their off season is going to look like? Where they're ranked as far as space? Yeah, it's not going to be easy. But I mean, they're going to—they're certainly going to be in better shape than they were this year. You know, because again, the cap going up to two hundred and eight point five million. You know, that gives them a little bit more room. But no, they're—they're—they're they're, they're not in the worst situation. But still, they're going to be a little bit tighter than most teams. 
Hey, we we were talking about Gino earlier, and it, according to the Washington State Patrol, he was going 96 miles per mm-hmm. hour when they in driving erratically across several lanes of traffic, according to the arrest report. Right. So, still waiting. He's under suspicion of DUI. We'll see ultimately what comes out. But as those kind of details come out, and he sent out a tweet, John, basically saying what we hear anytime somebody's in trouble, like. Well, I look forward to telling you the truth or when all the facts come out kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. when I, I'm not sure what kind of facts will come out of this, but do, does that make it less likely that he's back? How do you, how do you think the Seahawks I think, I think this? It looks, I think it's going to be tough for him to come back. You know, and I, I don't know. Uh, I can't repeat the story that just came out within the last hour of what he said to police. Uh, but it was not real positive. It was pretty bad, and it was a little threatening. And so it's like, uh, you know, I don't know if you can dig it up and find it out, but, uh, you know, it's, it's certainly nothing I could bring up on the air under any circumstance. Mm. I haven't seen those. I just saw Smith decline the preliminary breath test, and a judge, yeah. a judge issued a warrant for a blood draw where Smith was taken to a hospital where he became agitated mm-hmm. before the blood draw. Um, and they even had the Seahawks director of team security present to try to calm him down. Yeah, and he, uh, re- he was restraints really, he, were used to complete the process. Yeah, and this he is was, a bad look. Yeah, and he was real nasty with the police. Again, it's like I can't repeat the uh, quote because it's one of the worst uh, quotes you can have. Uh, and so it's like uh, you you look at that whenever you get a chance. But it was bad. Yeah. All right, John, expect a text from me here uh-huh. after yeah, the yeah, segment. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, <laughs> that's not funny. I should be joking. But it, seriously, as as a player, John, I thought, you know, just based on his performance, and I was looking at his numbers, he was 68% mm-hmm. uh, completion percentage. He had five touchdowns, one interception. And remember the interception was Tyler Lockett getting knocked down by a defensive back from right, the Rams. Right, right. He gave up the the bad fumble to which was a strip sack by T.J. Watt, I believe. Right. Other than that, I feel like he took a huge step. I mean, I thought he looked really good as a player. I mm-hmm. thought that was uh, uh, um, that did a lot for his career. Did you feel that way, or did you feel? I think like he helped. Like, yeah, I think he established himself as now you know one of the better backup quarterbacks with what yeah. he did, where it was kind of a non-entity. But of course, the only reason he was a non-entity is that Russell Wilson never came off the field. And yeah. so it's like, uh, you know, so, no, I think he helped himself a lot. But this yeah, well, this this does not help him. No, I mean, this is this is really bad for his career because, you know, for a backup, I think for backup quarterbacks in the NFL, what you think about is reliability. Right, agreed. And responsibility. So, but, I mean, I, I don't know, did, did it, uh, you think he's one of the better, so, what, top ten? As top far ten, as backup yeah, so quarterbacks, yeah, maybe somewhere not toward the toward the bottom of the top ten, somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah. Wow. Uh, as far as where, where do you think if, if Gino is gone, does Jacob Eason become the de facto number two? Do you think he gets that shot, or you think they try to bring in trade for somebody, pick up a free agent? How do they address? It depends that on Jacob's spot? off season. I mean, if he, you know, he, he certainly didn't enough uh, in the season this year to establish anything. But if he has a good enough off season, then he does have a chance to be a backup. I mean, he's a talented quarterback. He's got a great arm. All those different things. So it's like, uh, you know, right now he would be there, but you know, they're going to have to sort through it and see if they want to add a, another veteran. Hmm. Had a lot of uh, talk about DK Metcalf and his foot all year. Yeah. Did you did you see the effects of that? I felt like it was more than anything. I mean, you didn't see him limping or anything no. like that. I felt like he was running full speed. I thought more than anything, it was just, um, I don't know, just didn't. He just quite... seemed to be a little bit off with his running. 
I mean, he just, yeah. I mean, he, he, it seemed like, you know, it wasn't like it took away his, all of his speed, but it seemed like he struggled a little bit more to gain the speed. Yeah. Do you think there's going to be any issues? And he said the right things when talking about, hey, you, you expect your contract to get worked on in mm-hmm. the offseason. You want to be back. He's saying all the right things. You, you expect any kind of issue? And what no. kind of what kind of payday do you think he's looking at? Uh, I mean, you know, 23, 24 million, somewhere like that. One of the highest paid receivers in football. Certainly, you know, he's that talented to be able to get that. And he's that, that young. And so, you know, you, you, uh, age. And which is, of course, in his case, young and ability, you know, get you to those big contracts. Mm. Hey, John, if there is no change with, um, first of all, offensive coordinator, yeah. don't think in a million years that they're going to make a change no, here in Seattle. But if there is no change at defensive coordinator, is that, will that be surprising? And then if so, what kind of what kind of changes will they make? Because I, I feel like they get, they have to do something. Yeah, agreed. No? Yeah, and, and, but yeah. you know the question is going to be like for example, is Rich Masasio is going to keep the job uh, with the Raiders as head coach because you know, he's the interim coach right now? Then Gus Bradley may stay there. I mean, you know, certainly you got Vic Fangio that's going to be available, but I don't know if his defense you know fits exactly uh, you know what they're looking at. Oh, you know, you know that Clint Hurdle would certainly be in favor of it because they work together in Chicago. But, uh, no, I think that, uh, you know, and, again, there's, you know, there's other coordinators that are out there because now when you have seven coaching changes, that means you have coordinator changes on, you know, at least seven staffs. You're right about the comments. Somebody just sent us a link. Yo, so his... you got it? Yeah. 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 Do you realize why I can't say anything? He was, uh, yeah, he was putting into question the manhood of the officer yeah, well was... yeah right 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 yeah and basically threatening him like you don't want to know what i would do to you if you get me out of these cuffs and i'll bleep all of you up and mm-hmm. basically threatening to beat up everybody there if they didn't have the cuffs on them but... yeah i'm glad somebody sent that to you because again it was nasty jeez well john john couldn't say it on there because he just doesn't have a bleep button in yeah, his yeah, speech. yeah i don't so he'd don't. go right to the word yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> well it's like uh yeah so it's like yeah, but that one was really bad. Yeah, he said, you don't want to see me out of these cuffs. You don't want to know what will happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, and that was the good part about it. Yeah, that's the part I can I can repeat on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, fir- the first three words were the ones that were really bad. Yeah, boy. Yeah, I guess maybe you're right. Maybe he is done here. I don't know. This doesn't this doesn't play well in a season where we've no, had no. tragedy around the Raiders and mm-hmm. and, and all of that. So, uh, it, it, as far as any other coaching moves, do you expect to see anything? I mean, Judge came a day later. Yeah. Do you expect anything else? Another shoe to drop somewhere? Uh you know, I still I still think that David Telly's going to keep his job in Houston. Uh, you talked to Josh Weinfuss last week. And, uh, you know, like he was saying in Arizona, that if Cliff Kingsbury loses that first playoff game, he could be in trouble because of the failures. But I, th- I think that, you know, they'll st- ext- I mean, that would be an owner's decision. It wouldn't be a Steve Kime decision because, again, the one thing that Steve Kime wanted was the guy that uh, had, you know, had the system that uh, worked for his quarterback, Kyler Murray. And that's exactly what Cliff Kingsbury brings. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. The, the stuff Weinfuss said, I mean, you, you, uh, do you know him, John? I work Josh with him Weinfuss? at ESPN, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because uh, 
it was pretty pretty bad as far mm-hmm. as uh, what the owner was thinking about Kingsbury that like he was just a glorified receivers coach and yeah yeah not really a football coach does that is it is the word that he just doesn't spend enough time with like all the different position groups he's all about just coordinating the pass game or you know I, I'm just curious I, what, I think it's one of those things he, he, uh, you don't know what you don't know and so He's, there's some things he just hasn't picked up on. All I know is when he got hired, right? And, uh, you know, because obviously he's an air raid guy. Yeah. And uh, run, a run and shoot guy, you know, air raid guy. And I know that the air raid uh, coaches, uh, who, particularly those in college, thought he was going to be a total failure in the National Football League. They thought he had no chance for success. John, we appreciate it. We'll talk tomorrow. All right, sounds good. There you go. If you missed any of today's cold hard facts, brought to you by Coors Light, made to chill. Download the podcast at seven ten sports dot com. So you've you've seen all those comments there, Dave. We yeah, had a couple so, listeners text in links and and uh, right. and kind of copy and paste a bit of what Gino had to say there. So I'm not. That makes his tweet even more questionable now, where he's like, "Hey, just reserve judgment till you get all the facts," kind of statement. And like, the facts are coming in, and none of them are helping you. Well, and it's not he said, she said anymore, right? Because the cops have the cameras. They got the cameras. They got the police report. The fact that he had to be restrained. The fact that he's cursing at him, threatening to beat him up. It's like, come on, man. This is. Question the the guy's manhood in some way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was a weird choice. Well, and maybe that's alcohol talking. He's. He's, as one listener pointed out, going, boy, he was talking tough for a guy who got punched and had his jaw wired shut. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. uh, so I don't know what he thought was going to happen if the cuffs weren't there. But he apparently had told, the, the, according to the police report, the officers that he had had wine before he was driving. I don't know how much he had. Uh, but the, as far as the blood test, that was, that was ordered by the judge, apparently. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see how this plays out. But as, as these details come out, none of them are, are positive on his end of things, which is unfortunate for him. No, no, they're not. All right. Uh, if you missed any of today's cold hard facts, as we said, brought to you by Coors Light, made to chill, download the podcast at 710sports.com. Coming up, Pete Carroll seems to have changed his mind about a key part of the offseason. We'll explain the impact it could have on the Seahawks. That's coming up next with Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle.